This is the Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. Yes, yes, you heard it right. You know when that beat drops, it can only mean one thing. We have some how-tos coming your way today. Listen, time got away from me, y'all. I don't know what to tell you. It's been five months since the last Hanches how-to. So forgive me, uh, but I do want to give a shout-out like I always do on the show. I want to give today's shout-out to Joe. Joe is one of our listeners, and Joe sent me a simple message, and here it was. Where's the how-tos? Okay, Joe, I hear you. I got you. I am here to serve and give the people what they want. And let me tell you, I have plenty of real-world material in bite-sized chunks to help lift your leadership impact. Maybe you're new to the show. Maybe you're new since the last how-tos. Maybe this is a foreign concept to you. You're not one of the wily veterans of the show. And if that's you, Hanches How-tos, it's designed to give quick leadership nuggets. I pull these nuggets from recent coaching conversations, consulting meetings, leadership development groups that we have. You could say these are real-time leadership moments. So let's jump in. Let's jump into this first how-to. I like this one. Don't get too comfortable. You know, when a leader is satisfied with the current state of their organization, they risk the downfall of not moving people forward. And getting comfortable can be a a tragic thing for an emerging company or a company that has said that they want to be progressive. What I have found with the greatest of leaders is they never get too high and they never get too low. They always have this sense about them that things could be better. Leaders need to have clear visions and goals to make make sure that everyone is constantly delivering very high quality results and that the company is benefiting from those results. The people, the employees are benefiting. Leaders have to set expectations. They have to keep track of everyone's progress. They have to hold them accountable. When you're thinking about this, and, and, and these, uh, you know, key performance indicators or benchmarking or are we moving forward? Have I gotten comfortable or have we stretched the goals? Are we asking for more? Are, are, are we not asking for enough? We have to start setting great expectations. We have to track progress. We have to hold people accountable. You know, I often talk about leadership is like leading like a basketball game and not a box, boxing match. Think about the difference. This boxing match, sometimes you could literally watch a boxing match and not know who the winner is until the very end when they raise their hand. Everybody's waiting in anticipation. I mean, it's like you're sitting there slugging each other in the face for 13 rounds and nobody know who, who won. Unless you literally knock somebody out, you really don't know sometimes. That's not like a basketball game. A basketball game, you literally know every second who's winning, how far behind you are, how many timeouts you have. There's a scoreboard, and it has time on it. The time is ticking, so we have impending events, all of that stuff. You know, as a coach, you can look at the scoreboard, 
and you can do what? Make adjustments. You see the floor. You see their offense. You see their defense. You know who your best players are. You know when to rotate them in, rotate them out. You know based off the score how much time's left on the clock, uh, what kind of plays you might need to run, the pace of the game, so on and so forth. Work with your people to establish goals and plan to achieve the goals. By doing this, what you're doing is you're putting yourself in a position that you're saying, I'm never going to settle for my current position. And I'm always going to have a sense that there might be a threat or there might be an opportunity. And you might be saying, well, Jeff, that sounds like a real sucky way to live to think there's always a threat. I'm not saying like, don't lose sleep over it and, you know, go take uh, medication because you're full of anxiety. But I think if there's this sense that, hey, there might be a threat or there might be an opportunity. What this does is it creates urgency. It creates a leadership urgency mindset, and it will help you keep you on your toes. So to, to close up point number one, don't get too comfortable. This can be a big blind spot for many, many leaders. The how-to, number two, proactive is better than reactive. Leaders need to be proactive, not just reactive. And there are uh, a multitude of leaders that are just reactive. And that could be for a host of different reasons. It's because you don't know better. You don't know how to get ahead of it. Uh, but you always find yourself chasing after uh, things that are broken and trying to fix them. If you find yourself spending all of your time trying to put out fires, then you're not using your time effectively. And you might say, look, Jeff, I go home every day talking about all the fires that I'm putting out. And, you know, I wish I could just have one day to plan and strategize and all of this. The environment might not be the problem. You might be the problem. I hate to break the news. This might be the opportunity to be more proactive. Proactive leaders have an influence on the future. And frankly, they're the ones who advance the fastest. Being reactive means that you're spending too much time playing the short game. And you're not investing time thinking about the long game. And yes, you have to play both at the same time. You can't just play the short game. You can't just play the long game. You have to play both. I had an amazing leader one time that I was listening to him speak. And he said, you know, leadership and development is often like uh, painting the picture of trying to change the oil while you're in your car while you're driving it. And I'm like, boy, that's kind of how my day feels sometimes. But isn't it true? Proactive leaders don't just play one game, short or long. They play both at the same time. Proactive leadership, it's about taking time to plan and improve how your team works and putting measures in place to prevent problems before they happen. This is, you know, we PM a lot of things, right? Preventive maintenance. We PM our cars. We PM the equipment out in the shop. We PM a lot of things. Are you PMing your people? Are you, are you doing preventative maintenance for your people? Are you taking time to plan and to improve your team? This requires you dedicating time to think, time to ponder, think about the what if, and be intentional. So what if, what do I need to be intentional with? Here's a couple things to get started on right away that might be in your wheelhouse. Assess the talent on your team. Be proactive. Do I have the right people on the team? Do I have the right people on the bench? How is my succession planning? Am I letting toxic people stay on the team too long? Am I letting underperformers stay on the team too long? You let that toxic person stay on the team too long, guess what? 
you will have an HR issue. You will have an HR investigation. They will cause you a lot more time down the road. Uh, here's another thing that you can assess, the competition. <clears throat> Proactive is sitting with a great marker and a big old fat whiteboard with your the best people on your team and doing a SWOT analysis of the new competitor in your marketplace. That's proactive. Or do you want to go do the SWOT analysis once the customer service team tells you, we lost 15 more customers today because of that new competitor, right? Proactive versus reactive. Assess your technology. Is your technology becoming stagnant? Is it working for you or against you? Are you losing ground daily because you haven't invested in it? Proactive, reactive. Proactive leadership, it's about identifying areas of risk for you, for your team, for your company, and working on specific measures that will reduce that impact or stop the problem from happening altogether. Some things that you can do with your team, some exercises that I love to do, and you don't even have to have some big agenda to do these. A simple stop, start, continue. Get your best leaders, your best influencers, uh, your best researchers, your best developers, the people doing the work on the front line. Get, get, get a conglomerate of people in this conference room, in this meeting, and just ask them three questions. What should we stop doing? What should we start doing? What should we continue doing? Another one that I like to give to, uh, you know, if you're an executive listening, give this assignment to your mid-level leaders. Give them the assignment of presenting to you an as-is, should-be, barriers, payoff scenario. I love this four-step thing. It demands thinking. And you tell them, look, I want you to come with three three different scenarios within your department or within our company that you can speak to as it currently is, how you feel it should be, what barriers are holding us back from the should be, but if we could get the right plan, what would the payoff be? Now you're collecting data. And you might say, Jeff, look, I don't have a team like that. It's just me and uh, me and the missus. It's just me and Joe, right? Or whatever it might be. Do it anyway. Do, if you're doing, look, I, when I started, I was a one-man band in my company. I did this stuff. Like, this stuff matters. Take time to think, because when you think, you can be a little bit more proactive. This doesn't mean that there's not going to be mistakes, and you better have a good fire extinguisher, because there's going to be fires. But let's get ahead of it. Don't let the business of the day be an excuse not to do this. You will make time for what you define as is important. Time needs to be allocated for work that will move your team forward. Be proactive. How to number three, progressive leaders win more often. This is true. This is true. I'd love to debate you on it if you don't agree. Progressive leaders win more often. I would say that um, I would say we're in a season of risk. And because we're in a season of risk, it's forced many leaders and entrepreneurs to be less progressive. And I'm not hating. I find this as a serious risk to long-term planning, though, I got to tell you. I'm not saying to be renegades and rebels out there just running amok and whatever will be will be. But I would say don't let fear cripple you into hunkering down so much that you're losing sight of the long-term planning, which requires progressive leadership. One of the most common traits I see with leaders that are not progressive and have low risk tolerance is that they're afraid to fail. And in turn, guess what happens? 
their people are also afraid to fail. And here's the issue with this culture. The best way to never fail is to never try. And when people aren't trying new things and pushing the envelope, guess what happens? Innovation dies and stagnation starts to set in. If you're going to be a progressive leader, you will need to allow for and embrace failure. Well, Jeff, we already do that. I know what your poster says that you do, but is that what is actually happening? I, I, I know you said it. I know you told the team that. I know the marketing says it, but is it really happening? A company's value statements, it may encourage employees to fail and learn from their errors. That works great until there's an actual failure leading to a genuine loss. And the phone call soon follows. Who authorized this? Big failures are simply unacceptable. What are you saying when the failure happens? Are you composed? Are you embracing it? Are you allowing for it? Because big failures are usually unacceptable with a lot of big organizations, small organizations, doesn't matter. Those who fail often suffer in one way or another. You, as the leader, must truly promote the acceptance of failure within the company and back it up by your actions. This would include not holding people back from pay raises, promotions due to failure, not calling them out on an annual performance review. Yeah, you were doing really great until you did that dumb thing. They failed. I'm not saying don't have corrective action. And I'm saying, look, was it malicious? Is it a can't do, won't do? Like, filter this out. But as, as, as painful as failure can be, we have to understand that strategic leaders cannot learn only from success. They need to recognize the types of failures that turn into successes. They also need to learn how to manage the tensions associated with this certain uncertainty. Certain uncertainty. I don't even know if that's a thing, but I just said it. And, and here's the other thing that we learn. How to recover from failure so that we can try again. Isn't that genius? Think about all the genius that has happened that you personally know about that came as a result of failing multiple times. Post-it notes, silly putty, the slinky, uh, Teflon, for goodness sake, uh, the, our beloved cornflakes, penicillin, which has saved many of your lives listening, and safety glass. These are all examples of great things that were born out of mistakes. Out of mistakes. Imagine if they weren't. If you're serious about growth, you have to assess your tolerance for failure. There you have it. Three key points from Hanch's how-tos. Number one, don't get too comfortable. Number two, proactive is better than reactive. And number three, progressive leaders win more often. Please do me a favor. It would mean the world to me. Share this episode with a leader in your life that might benefit from it. We truly value your support as we continue to get the message from the Champion Forum podcast to more people. Uh, you could help us greatly uh, by subscribing, rating, reviewing, uh, and sharing the platform uh, wherever you stream your content from. We truly value all of you as you make us a part of your leadership journey. Until next time, remember, you all have been set up to be champions in this life. The Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead. 
inspire, win.